Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Hello, hello. I hope you are doing awesome. I'm so excited about today's episode because we dig into a topic that many people are familiar with, burnout. Have you ever felt burnout? Like you just, uh, I don't know, like your just work is overtaking you. You're feeling anxious. You're feeling like you don't even want to do anything. It's that that feeling that we sometimes get in our in our work and in what we're doing. And that's what we talk about in this episode. And I get to introduce you to my good friend, Becca Powers, because she dives into this topic. In fact, she's writing a book about it. So last year, she launched her first book called Harness Your Inner CEO, which is so incredible, so awesome. And from writing that book, she decided to write this next book based off a lot of conversations she was having with people that were reading the stories in her first book. So she she is now writing an incredible book called Break Up With Burnout. Such a good title, right? It's like the best title ever. And so in this episode, she shares the five stages of burnout. I love that she actually created these five stages so that we can recognize when we're going through them and what we can do to get out of them. And we talked all about your creative pursuits and creativity and why that's so important in your life. Becca is just so empowering and so inspiring with the stories that she shared. And so she talked about a lot of different things that we can recognize in ourselves so that we avoid burnout, so that we can get out of it when you know, when we need to. She also talked about, she has, she shares lots of stats, 70, 77% of people who responded to this survey that she was doing were women. I think women are, you know, everybody deals with burnout. Women are not shy on really talking about this. And I think it's important to talk about it and shed light on it so people can, you know, recognize that it, it's okay. It's okay to go through what we're going through when we're feeling a little bit burnt out. We also talked a lot about high achievers. And high achievers, those those type A individuals, I know, I know it's you, you're listening. <laughs> and why it's so hard for high achieving individuals to just sit and do nothing, to sit and be bored and allow our creativity to take over. We talked a lot about how to be multi-passionate. You know, you are you are multi-passionate. You you have lots of things that you want to pursue. And sometimes we feel a little bit stressed or or overwhelmed because there is so much that we want to do. So we talked a little bit about that. We talked a little bit about how to not feel guilty in doing what's best for you to be able to take the time that you need and also exploring your creativity. So we dig into all of these topics in today's episode, and I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Becca. Becca Powers is an award-winning Fortune 500 high-tech sales executive. She's the founder and CEO of Powers Peak Potential, best-selling author and speaker. In her 20-plus year career in sales, she's worked for large companies including Cisco, Dell, and Office Depot, achieving President's Club seven times while leading teams of 110-plus and hitting $500 million in, in annual revenue. Becca intimately knows the struggles that have come as a cost to her high achievements. Through nearly losing it all from extreme burnout, she was forced to discover a more supportive and sustainable path to success that she now teaches to others. So I'm very excited to introduce you to my good friend, Becca Powers. Yay! Hello, Becca! Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for chatting with me. I am so excited about this conversation because what a big topic. 
this is, especially today over the past few years of what people have been going through in, in life. But before we dig into all that, how would you describe to people, Becca, what it is that you do? I always just like to say that I help people have success without so much sacrifice. I mean, I've been career driven my entire life and I have learned the hard way that I put the career before everything. And in doing so, we talk about passion and creative pursuits a lot and things like that. Like, I didn't have any room for that. I put motherhood even aside at some times. Like, mm. so I learned the hard way that there's a lot more to life and success than just the outward goal itself. So anyway, I try to help people have a little bit more work-life enrichment. <laughs> you don't try. You do. You do. are doing mm-hmm. that. You are mm-hmm. doing that. And yes, First of all, you and I have been friends for, I don't, I mean, it's been like over a million years. years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Millions of years. Millions we've of been, years. We've been friends for so long. And it's so funny because every time Becca and I get together, we're always like, this is why we're friends. Like <laughs> We could go on forever. Like if you were ever in the same space as us, like the amount that we could create and get done is unparalleled. (laughs) It's, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. I love the work that you're doing. I love how much you are helping people. I love the fact, you know, one of the things that we have in common is that we both are in kind of the corporate world, but we also love creating and creativity and writing and just, we, 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 we explore our creative pursuits the way that some people might not, if they have a corporate position. And you wrote your very first book this year or last year. You published it last year. So talk about your, talk about that. And it's a good, it'll, it'll end up being a really good segue into burnout too. So my first book, uh, my debut book is Harness Your Inner CEO. And it's all about the rise into empowerment. And uh, what I mean by that is like, so I hit mega burnout, like, and I've talked to you about this, but for the listeners, I worked myself into two anxiety disorders, autoimmune disease, um, nearly a divorce, disconnected relationship with my kids, like the amount of effort that it took for me to restore like a healthy life was monumental, but not impossible. Right. And so it took two years of transformation. My bottom point was hitting the bathroom floor one night, which is the story in of itself, but that's how burnt out I was. I I fell to the floor in complete exhaustion. And then in that moment, I heard a voice of like one of my former VPs of sales. And it was like a reminder that he told me at one point back in 2013, I think it was that he was proud of me and that I was the CEO of my own life. So there I am like in broken despair on the bathroom floor. And all of a sudden I remembered that I was the CEO of my life. And I was like, dude, that's so empowering. And I'm like, almost like cracking up. Like, why am I crying on the bathroom floor? If I, you know, if I am the CEO of my life, I have a lot more power than I think I do. And that was a really transformational moment for me because that is the moment that I said, I can take charge of my life and I can do things differently. And that's, that's what Harness Your Inner CEO is about. It's really about how I got to the bathroom floor and then how I rose out of it and kind of that step-by-step process. But in writing that, I've 
had like 5,000 readers already. So it's really cool how much it's taken off. I'm like so excited. But some of the feedback that I got were people like, this is so empowering. And, and, and it includes a lot about bringing back in passion and creative pursuits, which we can talk about too. But people were like, I want to understand burnout more so that it doesn't happen again. And because I had to recover from burnout, I studied it. I studied trauma. I started shadow beliefs. I studied all sorts of things. And then I put together my own little framework around burnout that seems to be pretty doing pretty good so far. So, Oh my gosh. I'm so excited <laughs> about this. So first of all, let's just talk about, talk about high achieving. Becca <laughs> decides to write a book about being, about being the CEO of your life and then decides, oh wait, and now my next book. And I'm already writing this other book because yeah, I'm already on two. not enough. <laughs> How do you describe burnout? How does someone know if they're burnt out or they just need to, you know, take a weekend? Yeah, I think that burnout is something that happens over a period of time. And, and it's also confusing because I think when someone recognizes that they're in burnout, they are in severe burnout or near severe burnout. Burnout starts much earlier and, and you, and you said, you mentioned we were corporate girls. So I want to bring this back into play um, because it's important for leaders, you know, any leaders that might be listening as well as those that are going through it. Burnout fundamentally starts in what I call the unders, but it's feeling undervalued, underappreciated and underrecognized. And as the individual, we dismiss those feelings. We're like, oh, maybe I'm being too sensitive. Maybe something's wrong with me. And we start internalizing this under feeling of being undervalued or underappreciated or underrecognized. And we start internalizing it. And so to your point, like, do you take a vacation or what do you know? That's what we try to do. We might take a week in vacation, we feel reset. And then we go back and we're like, oh my God, it's happening again. And we might do that same pattern. Some people it's three months, some people it's three years, you know, um, especially high achievers. We have a really high tolerance. So <laughs> We could stay in it for a while. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I have so many questions, especially because you are studying it so extensively as you're doing the research for this book, what are some of your, what were some aha moments, some things that you discovered that really surprised you when it comes to burnout? What I, my, my biggest takeaway was where it starts. I mentioned the unders, but when someone, and, and I studied, uh, Kundalini yoga and sh uh, shadow beliefs is under, under uh, Nancy Levin, who also studied under Debbie Ford. So, anyways, um, kind of combining the theory of the two, and I was looking at burnout. I was like, okay, when people feel undervalued and underappreciated, it triggers what I call our deepest wound. And Oprah even spoke speaks to this, and uh, it makes us feel like we're unheard, unseen, and unlike, and like we don't matter, and when those things are triggered, it really if, um, brings up like our biggest childhood wounds, not to not to go to childhood issues, <laughs> but it, it brings up a lot of those type of feelings. And, and in our childhood to survive, we had to mask those feelings. And it's called, a, we go into what's called overcompensation. And so we overwork, we overstress, we overthink, we overwhelm. And so I call stage two, the overs. And what I found the most fascinating is that this is where burnout again takes root and really develops and and starts putting a, a stronghold on us and it's the least talked about and when i surveyed eight thousand people 
what I found is that 88% of people said they felt two or more unders and 90% said they felt two or more overs. So that overcompensation is really proving itself. Oh, in the interesting. Data. Mm-hmm. Do you find that it's different among men and women? Well, from the survey, because I, I have lots of data, um, <laughs> 77% that responded were female. So I feel like, yes, um, based upon the results, but at a, at a high statistic of 88%, I would say that everyone's feeling it. But women specifically have, um, I think, a higher higher rate of burnout because we power through. Um, survey kind of indicates that there's a, a level of powering through or resilience to women that is a strength and also could be a weakness because we don't know when to stop. Like, it's like, you know, it's like the positive affirmations. I can do it. Like women are like, like, yeah, tomorrow's going to be a great day. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do my yoga. I'm going to do my affirmations. I got this. And it's like the pause never really happens to, to think about should I, should, or should I not be doing this anymore? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's such a great question to ask ourselves. What I find so interesting when it comes to burnout is just the sheer amount of content and information that we have access to. Like we're, we don't ever, not only do we not rest our bodies, we just don't rest our minds. And there's this influx of information and high achieving people, they are probably reading great books and trying to get better and taking courses and learning new things and trying all this. They're trying a lot of different activities to help them get better. And so that's got to play a role in burnout because you're feeling like this constant state of learning, learning, growing, and I should be doing all of these other things. When do you finally get to sit and relax and be like, who, hold on, I'm doing enough. It is all good. And I am exactly where I'm supposed to be instead of this constant state of I should be in a different place or I should be learning more. I should be doing more. You're hitting the nail on the head because even all that doing is in that space of overcompensating. So they're like, I don't feel good. There's an overcompensation to fix it where in reality, like you said, rest and recharging is a form of doing that is an action that is often dismissed as not important. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know it really is that it's, For high achieving people, it is so hard to sit and do nothing. It is, it is, why is it so hard to do? Like, how do you shut off your mind, Becca? Can you teach us how to shut off our minds and just be able to chill? Practice. And I'm not always the best at it because I have, I'm super high achiever too. I'm like, go, go, go. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I need to rest. But you know, I, I love that. Uh, this podcast is create for no reason, because I really think that is a high for high achievers, especially having creativity and creative pursuits in your world is super important. So people think some people think that I'm crazy because here I am about ready to write book number two. I did all the surveying. It was so much work on top of also working full time, but because it's a creative pursuit of mine, It actually energized me. So I can find myself working more, but feeling more energized because what I'm doing is lighting me up, you know, Mm. like, and it's that being like, if you are only working full time and you don't have things that light you up, 
um, that's going to be an element of burnout. We have to incorporate, like you like writing, like we're both um, create creators in the form of self-expression. So for me, as long as I'm in the realm of self-expression, I'm like, hell yeah. And I feel really good. Um, if my, you know, I'm not so great at painting and things like that. So like that, even though that's a creative pursuit, that's not my creative pursuit. So it might like drain my energy as opposed to filling it up. Yeah. I love, I love making sure that people understand it's like that whole spectrum, right? It's like for some, it, you have to discover what it is for you. A lot of our, we joked the other day when we were out about our creative pursuits to other people seem like work. They seem like business because our creative pursuits are like podcasting and writing and doing things that other people, it just doesn't come naturally as naturally to them. So they can go play the piano or garden or whatever it is that, that they get excited about. But those things turn into what you were talking about. We don't make time for them anymore. Those yes. are, it's not productive. I shouldn't be doing that. And, and we feel guilty for making time for those activities, not realizing how important they are to help just with our sanity. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I talked about stage one and stage two of burnout. Stage three of burnout is, I call it a case of the efforts, right? But it's also you start questioning your belonging. And it's at that stage when, especially the, the thing I'm talking about most is workplace burnout too, because when we're in an organization and we don't feel valued and recognized. And then we're overworking to prove like, hey, I'm valuable, look at me. And that isn't recognized. Then we start going into like that depression and mental health start piece starts. We start saying, I don't care. So when I don't care happens, that's when you start seeing things like, you know, fitness routines getting thrown out the window, nutrition plans getting thrown out the window, passion projects, even like going boating or something on the weekend that you, when you have energy, you're like, yeah, I can, I can live life. Like I'm alive. But when you don't have energy, isolation becomes the thing that feels good. And even though it's not. Okay. So those are the three. What are the, what are the last two stages of burnout? Which I love by the way that you created these five stages because it really helps us kind of discover where are we in that, where yes. are we in that spectrum to discover where, how, what, not only where we are, but how are we going to get out of it? Right. Exactly. So like we, we just talked about stage three and in an organization and, and I'll go to stage four and stage five, but it's really good to give anybody who's listening a little illustration. So let's just say that Sally has been with an organization for a year and she was passed up on a promotion by Joe, who's only been there six months, but Joe's charismatic. He knew how to network and Joe got tapped on the shoulder. Poor Sally got left behind. Meanwhile, Sally's the one that's completing all the projects. She's got her hands in everything. So Sally feels undervalued, underrecognized, and like she doesn't matter. So she initially was like, I probably need to work more because they're not noticing me goes into stage two, starts overworking and all that. Everyone's too busy celebrating Joe that they don't recognize Sally's overworking efforts. So then Sally starts questioning, Do, should I still be working here? Do they really like me? Do I belong here? And so she starts not working so much. She does her eight to, you know, eight to five and still is committed to the company. Sally's like, I like people I work with and everything like that. But 
I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do my job and that's it. And so that's kind of what stage three looks like. And that is um, at stage three, people question their belonging. And when they choose to stay, and the answer is not always to quit either, but the, the it is to address the issue. So when people choose to bypass um, or power through the situation and stay in it, that's when stage four happens. And I call it disharmony of the bodies, but that's when you'll start to see mental health issues arise, anxiety. Like I had in my, in my example of myself, I formed two anxiety disorders. I um, was, I got diagnosed with chronic stress. I got diagnosed with chronic fatigue. So I had tons of medical diagnoses starting. So you start to see a disharmony in uh, mental health, physical health, spiritual health, emotional health, and financial health. A lot of people <laughs> cope by shopping or also not working. Like if it's a commission job or entrepreneurship, um, sometimes you'll find that they're just too exhausted to throttle. And so their financial health is impacted too. But let's just use continue to use Sally as the example. Sally stayed in the position. She's now experiencing high anxiety. She feels like she doesn't belong. She, her stress is way high. She's going home, taking that to the family. It's She's not as present as she used to be. So now her, her relationships are starting to feel be troubled and things like that at home as well as at work. So if that situation of stage four stays active for too long, then you go into stage five, which I call devastation of the Ds. And that's the worst. But that's when you'll find someone like really prescript, like the, all this is statistically proven. So prescription medicine is on the rise to deal with the anxiety, the stress, the overwhelm, and all of those things that are happening. Um you'll find divorce rates are up because the, the relationships have been impacted. Um, debt is America's in debt. Um, mm -hmm. Americans are in debt. Um, so I mentioned, oh, disease. Disease is crazy. In my personal experience, I ended up with autoimmune disease. I just tested negative three months ago for ANA, which means it's reversed and I'm healed, but it took five years to heal it, which- Five, five years? years. Yeah. So it took a long time of gut health and resets and all sorts of things. But you think about that disease, autoimmune disease is up, cancer's up, um, heart disease is up all like, I mean, you, whether it's Gallup or Deloitte or American Heart Association, all this, all these statistics are available. And then lastly would be death. So that's why I call it devastation of the D's because it's like drugs, depression, you know, divorce, debt, death, disease, like they're all up suicides up. So that's the really heavy side of burnout and why I get so passionate about, I love talking about the empowerment side, like how to get out of it. But what I found from writing Harness Your Inner CEO, which is all the empowerment, the fun stuff that we love to talk about. But that's what I found out is that people are like, I need to understand burnout more. Like yeah. I need to understand why it has a hold on me. And I think th one of the reasons why it's such an important topic is because only by understanding it can people be empowered to do something about it. Because I think a lot of people are very hard on themselves. A lot yes. of, now I will say women, mostly just because I work with a lot of women who they will share with me more often than men will. Men probably feel it or may have feel it just as much, but the women are very open about sharing it. They're open to sharing how overwhelmed they feel and how they 
they kind of lack the motivation to do much of anything and they really don't know why. And like you said, you just kind of try to push through. And one thing that I recognize about very high achieving people is the constant state of having to do. We don't feel comfortable sitting because we are comfortable working and pursuing and achieving things. And when we sit and relax, it's we're so used to always going that it feels like something's wrong. It does. It feels like something is is not okay, even though the things that are not okay are showing up in what you just described. Yes. And especially, especially when it comes to health, I feel like so many issues come from stress related or stress related, mm-hmm. and especially the gut. I just hear it's all it, everything so that you connected. read about the gut and the brain and how connected they are and how everything stems from the gut. A lot of people feel their stress in the gut. Like it, ha- it's like you feel it in your stomach. You feel that burning uh-huh. sensation, like all of that stuff. And so, oh my gosh, I feel like it's so of the work that you're doing, it is such great work. And one of the things that I love so much about why you decided to write a book about it is because there actually isn't a lot out there on burnout. There's a lot of fluff out there on burnout that just kind of talks about don't do it and take a break and go on vacation. And just, they kind of give you those generic pieces of advice, but not to the point where you really understand what you're going through. And again, with your stages, I really love that fact because you're not told, it's like you can be at these different levels of burnout. And I think that's important for people to understand and to know. So you can stop yourself from getting there. And that's it. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but I feel like awareness is the the bridge to change, right? And, And that's why talking about it in this granular level is so important because you might be able to temporarily you know, empower yourself. And we, we all do that. Like first of the year is coming. I'm going to sign up for the gym. I'm going to do all this. Do things. all the things. Do all the things. But if you don't realize that there's a pattern inside you that is causing it, you're just going to repeat. And that's what I want to help people. That's why I call it break up with burnout. I want people to see the pattern and be like, oh my God, I'm, cons- I'm stuck in stage three for like ever. Like I want to heal from that and move. And uh, one tip that I do want to share just I'm sure people like maybe some listeners like I'm burnt out, you know, and you mentioned autoimmune and the gut. One thing that I am a true believer in, and I know you are too, is that our bodies are so intelligent. And what's happening is you had mentioned that the gut is like feeling the stress. We feel um, disharmony in our body. Our bodies are so intelligent and they actually can, they actually hold 80% of our intelligence and our brain does 20%. That's why the gut and brain connection is so important. But what happens is our brains, we override what our body's telling us. And it's that dismissal, the same as, eh, yeah, you know, I'm not really feeling undervalued. It's probably me. I'm sensitive, right? Um, we're like, oh, my stomach just hurts today. I must have eaten something bad instead of saying, no, my boss just totally yelled at me and that sucked. You know, my stomach's like, hey, you should get away from the situation. Or, you know, maybe you're paired with a coworker who you know, isn't a good team player and it really stresses you out and you start to get knots in your left shoulder. And instead of acknowledging that it might be something in the environment that's causing your tense shoulder, you're like, maybe I just slept wrong, you know? And so- We come up with all these little excuses of why we're experiencing pain or discomfort. We minimize them. Meanwhile, if you look back, even in my case, 
of going into severe burnout and hitting the bathroom floor in complete exhaustion. If I rewind two and a half years earlier, my body, like I'm a big neck and shoulder tension person, it was starting to build and I just dismissed it. So I love talking about that piece too, because our bodies are so smart. Oh my gosh. Yes. I know. We just are so bad at listening to them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like we push ourselves. I mean, I, I have a friend of mine right now who just cons- constantly pushes himself through all of these CrossFit workouts, which amazing. Great. Do your thing. But when you recognize that you're in pain and it's not the good kind of pain, take a break. You're <laughs> allowed to take a break, but it's so hard. So what are your top three tips for people who are feeling like they are in this stage of burnout and they just don't know where to begin? The very first step is giving yourself permission to prioritize yourself. So going back to Sally or even my case, whichever example you want to use. In Sally's example, Sally started feeling very sorry for herself. And instead of leaning into her own validation and approval for herself, she allowed work to get prioritized over her, all of these things. And in my case too, I prioritized work. I prioritized my family. I prioritized all the skit, the kids' school activities, like everything got my calendar except for me. You're talking about rest and rest, you know, rest and recovering and relaxing and all that stuff. Like I, that didn't even exist in my calendar when I, before I hit the bathroom floor. So um, being able to prioritize yourself starts with giving yourself permission to do so. And then just considering yourself as much as you're considering everything else. And that leads me straight into point two is the next thing is once you're giving yourself permission to prioritize yourself, you need to become like a boundary ninja. That's what I got. Like a oh, I like that. And because you know that that you have to learn the biggest, baddest boundary that you could ever set is the one with yourself, where you say, if I say yes, and especially for high achievers, because we say yes to everything. We even have principles like if an opportunity comes, you have to say yes. But you have to, you say yes to opportunities when it's a yes to you. You have to say no to opportunities when it's a no to you. And so I I often say it another way is like, in order to say yes to yourself, sometimes you have to say no to other people, places and things. And a cool thing kind of happens um, sometimes, especially in work for high achievers, like in in my situation, I had my hands in a lot of things. I had my hands in committees and projects, you know, as a sales leader. So I had my team, I had like, I mean, I probably touched like 10 different things. And um, the moment I started saying, when I got asked, hey, Becca, can you come into, would you like to join this project team? The first time I said no was terrifying because I'm like, they're not gonna like me. I'm not gonna be included in as much, Um, but, Uh, something happened. I said no, which gave me more time and space for me. And then I also was able to recommend somebody else in my place who was more junior and needed the experience. And so then it moved me into kind of like a mentor role, which was an accidental result of setting some boundaries at work. So boundaries aren't always bad. That's why I call it like badass boundary, you know, like it can be really cool. 
Oh, I think that is, it's so important. It's so hard. I feel like so many people, it's hard to do. It's Mm -hmm. hard for people to set those boundaries because a lot of it's because of FOMO. Like we get that fear of missing out. If we say no, are we going to get passed up for something? Are we going to not get asked again? Are we going to miss out on this big adventure that we potentially would have experienced, but yeah, instead of doing that, you could have experienced something else. Yes. I don't know, that's- no, you're hitting it on the head because that's point three. When you start saying no, when you, or better yet, when you stop saying yes to everything and you start saying no, you get to say yes to yourself. You get to say yes to creative pursuits. Like the more I said, no, the more space opened up for me to write. Yeah. And I was like, oh crap, this is awesome. Now I'm doing things that I really love to do. You know, now I'm here talking with you live on, you know, Instagram and LinkedIn talking about (laughs) burnout. But these are things that I would have never been able to do had I kept saying yes to everything. So you have to get through that fear of missing out to really embrace who you are and what you love. So that life, life feels alive, you know? Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I heard it. I think it was through, I think it was through Tim Ferriss and I heard him and his guest, Derek Sivers, who talked about if it's not, he, he, he says, if it's not an F yes, it's an F no. Right. Like if you're not so excited about saying yes to it. And this comes for, for a lot of opportunities that it's almost like, when you say yes to something and immediately you think, I, I don't even want to do that. And then you're automatically thinking, how can I get out of it? How like if you're saying yes, yes. If you're saying yes to something and immediately thinking about the excuses that you can use to get out of it, or if you're saying yes to something and you already know that you're not going to want to book the plane ticket or even like with speaking engagements or whatever it is that, that you have to go and do, you have to really think about when the time comes to actually do it, are you still going to be excited? Right. And we know, we know that for ourselves. That's exactly it. Like if you stop and like, that's why I, I really encourage people to feel their bodies because you will feel that F yes, yeah. or you'll feel like your stomach start to nod or your shoulders will start to cool. Like your body is going to answer before your brain does. Yeah, we just have to listen to I it. Know, it's so hard for high achievers. Bodies, I know it is. <laughs> it really is. So, t- talk to the person because here, here's what I find so interesting. Now, most of the people that are listening to this show, they are in some way exploring their creative pursuits. They are exploring their creativity. Yeah. What advice can you share? Because you're you you're very multi passionate. You you're writing books. You work for this work. You know you work for big companies. You're killing sales goals. You've had a like a yoga tank business. Like you have done so many different things. We want to do so much for multi passionate people. How do you continue to do the work you know you really want to do and explore, but also not feel burnt out in the process? You know, it, it kind of I would say would be a fourth to everything we just talked about would be prioritization. Like what is lighting you up the most? Because creative people, we know what we like. Like, we're like, oh, I really feel it. I'm really excited, right? But the thing is, we could be excited about 10 things. Yes, that's the problem. We want to chase all 10. So uh, what I have learned is when I keep it to like four, three or four, I execute. And 
I start building momentum. And then I, I prioritize those three or four to what feels the best for me and what's the most important. And the cool thing that happens too is that with creative people, more ideas and more things happen in those top three or four buckets, but I'm not putting my energy into 10 things. I'm dumping all of that life into the things that are most important to me. And then it just multiplies. It's like magic. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. Oh my gosh. All right. As I'm, as I'm, I mean, I'm asking you that question because you know, in my mind, I'm like, but there's all of these things that some people all are of just, the things. we have so many things that, and I'm, and you know, that is one, I, I had a guest that said, I kind of wish that I just wanted to do one thing and I was a little bit more niche. And I said, yeah, but you know what? Someone who's super niche, they're probably thinking, oh my gosh, you're so creative and you get to do so many interesting things, right? Like we just don't know what it's like for the other person. And so there's good and bad to each of those, but it's such a gift to have such high energy and enthusiasm for multiple projects, for multiple careers, for multiple paths. Yeah, Not everybody has that. A hundred percent. I think the other piece of like permission that I would love to give the listeners is to constantly reevaluate because we're evolving and changing as humans all the time. And we'll start a project, especially as a creative and be like, oh my God, I'm supposed to see it through, but I just like lost my thing. You know, that's okay, man. Maybe like it'll come back in three years. <laughs> like, yeah, go to the next thing that feels the highest priority. And that's kind of what I do. I allow myself to change without guilt. You know, I have, I've accepted that I'm a creative and that my creative pursuits and the joy that I have in them is also going to change. And that's okay. Change without guilt. I love that. That's good. That's a tweetable. Yeah, like that's a tweetable. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Becca, you are so awesome. Thank you so, so much you. for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. And congrats on the the success of the first book. I'm so excited for your next book. Where's the best place for people to find out all about your fabulousness? All right. So everything's pretty easy. Social media, everything's the same handle. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, at Becca Powers 1313. And then my website is BeccaPowers.com. So there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Simple. Easy. You're awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you who are watching. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. <laughs> and there you have it. This was a big episode, right? Lots and lots of really interesting directions. And I love the stories that Becca shared because I think we can see ourselves in those stories. That's why stories are so powerful. And Becca is just an incredible person. I'm so blessed to have her in my life. She has been so helpful as I went through my book writing process. So she launched her first book, like I said, a year ago. And she and I, although we don't have as much time as I would love to get together and sit face to face, we do quite often chat on the phone and text each other and just, we're just there to support one another in our creative journeys and our creative endeavors, which is so important. We've talked about that on this show, right? Those, those creative friends that we need in our lives to help push us forward, even when we're feeling a little burnt out, or even when we just feel like, oh, is it even worth it? What am I even doing? What am I, what is happening in the world in my life? <laughs> and so we all need a friend like Becca. I hope that this interview inspired you in some way to pursue your passion, to pursue your creativity. And I hope that if you're dealing with any of these stages of burnout, I hope that some of these techniques that Becca shared will help you to get out of that burnout and to 
again, give yourself grace, recognize when it's happening and know that you can take time for yourself. Take time for you to get better mentally, physically, whatever it is that you need so that you can get back up and doing the work that you know you're meant to do. So I hope this this episode inspired you. Thank you so much for listening. You know, I really appreciate you. And if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. If you haven't yet written a review, I would love for you to do so. You can just go over to iTunes, write a review. I would so appreciate it. It really helps out the show. It helps people find the show. And I love, absolutely love reading the reviews and what these shows mean to you. So head on over to iTunes and write a review. Of course, I would love a five-star rating, but hey, you do you, whatever <laughs> whatever you think uh, the show deserves. But hey, you're listening to still, so hopefully you like it. All right, you're awesome. Until next time, go create something.